0: Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur, episode number three. Hi, I'm Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own. From my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Hey there, and welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Holly Knoll, business coach and creator of the program, The Consultant Code, where I help ambitious professionals start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. As you may or may not know, I launched this podcast just a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you who have been so kind and generous with your time and who have submitted Reviews on iTunes. There was one review that struck me in particular that I thought I would share with you. Julie K77 writes I stumbled upon this podcast and found it incredibly helpful. Holly is direct and specific, making her advice very effective. At the same time, she is relatable as if I'm hanging out with a good friend. Dang, guys, that's exactly my intention for creating this podcast. I want this to feel like you are hanging out with a good friend, you, my interviewee, and me all here on my virtual couch talking business. So speaking of business, I want to introduce to you someone pretty cool today, Melissa McGraw. She is an SEO guru. She is my guest on the podcast today. She's also a friend and someone who I have worked with when it comes to SEOing, SEOing, is that even a word? SEOing my site and how I get found on Google. That is the top question Melissa helps answer for her clients. How do I get found on Google? So who is Melissa? Melissa is the founder of a company and an agency called The Creative Potential. It's an SEO agency that helps entrepreneurs grow their organic search and their audience by double digits, yeah, double digits, in a matter of months. But her career hasn't always been in SEO. Like most of us, Melissa started out doing something much different than what she does today. She started her career in the fashion industry in New York City, but when things took a turn in 2009, she started to write some copy for Amazon. Her fascination of the psychology of online search led her to create. Now, get this: this is crazy. Over a hundred thousand SEO-friendly product listings that are bringing in the dollars still on Amazon today. That has 100,000 product listings. So guys, I don't know about you, but if that is an experience, I don't know what is. That is incredible. So as I mentioned, I've worked personally with Melissa. At the end of last year, I hired her agency to help me improve my, my website and where I'm turning up on Google. And through that process, I uncovered something super fascinating about my business and about my ideal client and customer. And we talk about that in the interview. In addition, what you'll get from the interview today is Melissa will give you 3 steps that you can take upon listening to this this podcast and execute immediately on your website. So literally grab your pen and paper and get ready to take just some really quick notes because after this interview Pop, in, pop open your site and just make a few changes and boom, you've already improved how you turn up on Google with a few easy steps. So I'm not going to give it all away here. I'm going to let Melissa, you know, take the thunder and take away the show. And with that, I will introduce to you my friend and fellow entrepreneur, Melissa McGraw. Hi, Melissa. I am so excited to have you here today on the Everyday Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And I'm really excited to hear what you have to share about SEO, about being a business owner, and kind of how you got from just starting out to where you are today. So it is a true honor to have you on the show today. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Holly. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Well, let's let's just dive in and get right to it. Um, I first just love you to introduce yourself. Who is Melissa McGraw? What do you do? And um, yeah, what do you do as a business owner?
1: My name is Melissa McGraw. I'm
0: an SEO
1: strategist that helps entrepreneurs, no matter if you have a product-based business or a service-based business, get found in search results aka get found on Google and other search engines.
0: Nice, nice. And and how do you do that? How, what's your business model in terms of how you work with your clients or your, your audience and, and your community? How do you, how do you engage? I
1: started working with clients because I felt that there was a need. I, and I've been in the SEO world for over 10 years and I, Kind of took it for granted that people knew what SEO was, but not everyone really knows what it is and why they need it, or some know that they need it, but they don't know how to do it. Um, So I have a done for you website optimization service because I hear this a lot of times that SEO makes me ill. I don't have time to do it. Um, It's one of those, I call it like the buckets of things that you kind of put off on your to-do list kind of like your taxes um, or you just hand it over to your accountant anything legal that's just out of your realm and SEO is one of those technical things that a lot of people put at the bottom of their to-do list so I do all the techie backend optimization work so your site
0: is found on Google amazing and and we'll definitely get to the nuts and bolts of SEO later I, I definitely I think there'll be two parts to our chat today. And one is how, you know, your business owner journey and how you got here and kind of why you do what you do. I I love hearing why people do what they do and what drives them. Obviously being a business owner is not the path of least resistance ever. (laughs) Um, So we've got to be a little nuts. We've got to be a little passionate. We've got to be a little like scrappy to be able to stick in there and keep doing what we do. And then, um, the other part is I would love, I do have some, you know, questions for you that I'd love to just get your thoughts on in terms of like, as a business owner, what do I need to be thinking about from an SEO perspective? So we can get into like the tools and tips and tricks later. I think that'd be really helpful. Um, but I'm curious, like where where did you start out? I mean, 20 years ago, even pre-Google, obviously, there was no such thing as SEO. How did you start your career and how did you get involved in this type of work?
1: Well, about 15 years ago, um, or even more than that, over 20 years ago, I was in the New York City fashion industry. I was uh, vice president of sales for a lot of large companies. Uh, So I was involved in sales, account management, I started to get into e-commerce because, for example, working with and my clients were large department stores like Macy's, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, you name it. Um, they started to develop their e-commerce departments. So I learned a lot about e-commerce there, even though fashion was a little slow to adapt to e-commerce at the, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, it wasn't until 2009 when the recession happened, I lost my corporate job. My I had really no issues finding jobs before. Until then, people would call me up at my office or find my cell phone number and say, hey, you want to start this brand You want this job? I'll give you X amount of money. That's how lucrative the times were back before 2009. So when the recession happened, I found myself out of work as well as many, many of my friends, coworkers, and clients. And we wound up interviewing for the same jobs in New York City. For example, I'd go into the lobby. I would know half of the people there waiting for interviews Sometimes we just decided to skip the interview and go out to lunch because it was just easier that way. Um, And it was a very humbling experience and humbling time for me. But I knew I had to reinvent myself after experiencing, just like I mentioned, going to a job interview and knowing half of the people in the lobby waiting to be interviewed. So I I knew that the path that I was on before was probably not going to be the path that I had to be on in the future. So I, I knew that e-commerce was developing and there was going to be more online sales. Amazon was up and coming. Not everyone knew the juggernaut that it is today, that it was going to be that today. That's for sure. Uh, so I went back to school. I went to NYU. I got a master's in digital marketing and learned about SEO there. That was just developing. Um, I started my own website. I wanted to learn more and more about e-commerce. Uh, and then I got an opportunity freelancing with Amazon, writing product descriptions, SEO-ified them, optimize them. So I've written over a hundred thousand product descriptions for Amazon that uh, for products are sold on Amazon
0: still today. Wow. I, let's yeah. just stop right there. You've written over a hundred thousand descriptions for mm-hmm. Amazon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if that doesn't give you great experience with SEO, I don't know what does. <laughs> That's it, it's true. It, it, it really did because I
1: realized Now, Amazon, it doesn't have the prettiest website, but we know it works and they're doing something right, even to this day. So it's not, and I use this with a lot of my clients now, it's not just about having a pretty website because we're so, we get so caught up in the aesthetic of it and how people are going to perceive it. And that's true. You want it to look nice, professional, et cetera but then you forget about how people are going to find it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not represented in your site anywhere. And that's the whole point of SEO. So I like that psychological end of how people search for businesses.
0: Yeah, the psychological end, that's interesting because Mm -hmm. I think we can all approach SEO probably in a more robotic way, but Mm -hmm. I, I love that you have that that more psychological piece. You were saying that you um, were contacted to be a freelancer in the SEO space for <laughs> Amazon. And what happened when you were doing that work that, that made you decide kind of, you know, I want to create a whole entire business model out of SEO? Like what, what were kind of the, the things that happened and where was your mindset as you continued to transition into like building business around this?
1: I think it just came from word of mouth, like referral type business, because I was helping, I was consulting on the side as well with primarily fashion entrepreneurs, because I came from the fashion industry, but more and more, they wanted to sell their products online, but didn't know how to. So it kind of developed from there, like helped me get my site found online, um, how how can I get my business found online? How can people find me on Google? So it just kind of developed organically from that. I didn't really even, I, I didn't really even advertise my services. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of surreal that it just kind of ke- fell into my lap, but I took it for granted for so long. I I thought I had to consult with entrepreneurs on how to sell their products in via wholesale, in boutiques, department stores. But there it was, the e-commerce world was like sitting right in front of me. I'd been working with Amazon and their business is building and starting to really, really grow. Um, The business model was staring at me right in the face. And finally I accepted it instead of maybe fighting it because I just felt that people already knew how to do it that they were already doing it, just again, taking it for granted. And then that's how that business started.
0: I I think you hit it right on the head. Like it's easy to take for granted what we do really well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's easy to take for granted, like, oh, everybody must know this. But the truth of the fact is oftentimes what we're really good at, there's so many people out there that aren't good at it and that could benefit from your skills or services that you can teach them how to fish on their own, or you can just do it for them if if it's you know depending on the model. And so I love how you've taken, you you recognize there is a need, and you capitalized on it, and you you recognize actually that there was a pain point. It sounds like you know people don't know how to get found online, they don't understand SEO, and you took your pain point and married it with your strengths, and boom, you had your business.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: at least had your what? Exactly, I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it it took a while, definitely, because I, I I kept trying to fight it the whole entire time. I I felt that I had to just focus on the fashion industry, but then I started people having people who made pillows approach me, or so the 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 product categories started to expand, and so and then service based businesses started to contact me. Like, well, this applies to every type of business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get found on Google, you you need to you need to infuse a little SEO in your business. Mm-hmm. You know, I in fact, I reached out to you um mm-hmm. about I don't know, like last fall sometime. Um yeah. I think I had found you someone referred you through a Facebook group that I'm part of, which is where I found many fantastic um partners for my business. Um, you guys, if you are looking for partners in your business, join a few Facebook groups, like I'm serious like i' I'm, I'm a part of a few Facebook groups that are catered to business owners, to creatives, to um, services based industries, and let me tell you, I found some fantastic partners for my business through these Facebook groups. So I think that's how I found you, yes. and ironically enough, it wasn't through Google, <laughs> <laughs> but the the cool part was is you know as a business owner. I felt like, and I think I can speak for many when I say this, is I was like, oh my God, SEO. Like I've worked for many big companies and there's like a whole team of, of people that work on SEO. There's a whole strategy. There's like hundreds of thousands of dollars allocated to SEO for like big companies. And I'm like, well, I'm a company of one, but I want to get found on Google. How do I get found? And what? Am, I don't know what I don't know. and And how can I, are there things that I can do to, increase my chances of getting found organically. And so that's where I started just thinking like, you know, I really need to hire somebody who knows what they're doing in this SEO space and who can just teach me a little bit and also just look at my site and implement a few things. And so that's where we started our work. And I guess um, for business owners out there, for people that are thinking about starting a business, like what, I guess who needs to really care about SEO and who, you know, how can it hurt you if you don't care about it or how, and how can it help you when you do invest like a little time and and strategy into it?
1: Well, I think the the biggest misconception uh, is in, in some cases people feel that they're going to get the most business from, for example, Oh, I don't, I don't need to do SEO because I get all of my business from Facebook. Or I get all of my business from Instagram. But we all know that those algorithm changes and can just drop your traffic overnight because they decided to change the algorithm. So that's why it is really important to SEO your site, get your site optimized, whether you hire someone like me to do it or you do it on your own, It's because you can be found organically for what you want to be known for. So I hate to put all those eggs in the social media basket. And I see it so many times. And that's when people panic when those algorithm changes happen and they can lose their business. So it's really, really important to optimize your site. And just even if you can just kind of chip away at it, it's really important to do it.
0: So, would you say that you think every business owner needs to do this or is there a certain type of business owner that that is more, um, you know, relevant for SEO optimization or SEO or do you think it applies to everyone? I think it applies to everyone that has a website that wants more
1: sales, more website traffic, more leads, more clients, no matter what it is. Um, I think it helps in any in any way, it certainly can't hurt. Um, It's just depending on your business model. For example, if you're a service-based business and you want more local clients, yes, that that optimization does help you get found more locally. Um, If you're selling products online, it's still important to get optimized for sure.
0: Yep. It sounds like it's an extra insurance policy against putting all the eggs in the social media baskets yeah. because you're right. When the, when the Instagram algorithm changes, as we all know it does quite mm-hmm. frequently, and then everyone's left scrambling figuring out how do I beat this new algorithm? And what do I do now? My, no one's coming, no one's liking my post. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that's not going to change and there's always going to be changes to the algorithm. And so having a strong SEO strategy or at least optimizing as best as you can is uh, a, a good, it sounds like it's a good idea to, um, as a backup and something that can run in parallel of social media marketing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because there's 1.9 billion websites out there now compared wow. to in the early nineties when it all started. Yes, that's a lot of competition. That's for sure. But it's not meant that stats aren't meant to scare you. There's just a lot of opportunity too. You just have to do everything on your end to get optimized, to be found amongst all these websites that might be in your product category or
0: service-based category. So what are some of those things? If I, you know, listening to this podcast today and if, if people are, if listeners, if you want to grab a notebook or a quick pop-up in the notes section, your phone, what are some things that people could explore or start doing immediately after they get done listening to this podcast that could move them just a little bit farther forward in the SEO space?
1: Well, SEO is like a big puzzle. I like to show, especially in workshops or if I do any like online webinars, workshops, et cetera, masterclasses, um, it is a periodic chart. Like you saw in chemistry class in high school, I never thought I'd be saying this, but uh, (laughs) it does. There's There are elements of SEO more than what you may have heard, for example, keywords or words or throughout your content. That's very important, but there's so much more that goes into SEO besides that. And so what you can do on your own first, and I hear this from a lot of my clients, oh, well, I, I made my site in WordPress eight years ago. It looks great. But... That doesn't help you eight years ago to now what Google expects your site to be. And there's a lot of things that you want to do just by even taking a look at your site via your phone. Go to your site via your phone. Is it mobile friendly? That is the very first thing that you need to do. Are the buttons like all the way to the right? You can't click on it. Is there text it's too small? Is it too large? Is it mobile friendly? Because Google is starting to what we call index your site, meaning come over to your site and take a snapshot of it. Um, and it's doing it via mobile first and then via desktop. Wow. So Google is very, very important, especially for years to come. Uh, it it's comprises at least 60% of search. So it is very, very important that your site is mobile. Optimize or mobile friendly. So for those of you that are utilizing the Shopify or Squarespace, Squarespace platform, that is mobile friendly because they are optimizing their platform. So when you are purchasing one of their themes or templates, that is mobile optimized. But if you have an older WordPress site, and many people do, some of those themes were not mobile friendly. So you might have to hire a web designer developer to help you make that mobile friendly. So that's one of the first things that you can do uh, is just take a look at your site on your phone.
0: Okay. So mobile friendly, make sure your site is mobile friendly. Yeah. I do love that about Squarespace. I run my site on Squarespace and it's been a godsend for so many reasons. This is not a Squarespace ad or a plug, but I do think when it comes to mobile, when I make updates to my site, I never even think about like, well, is this going to turn out funky on mobile? So that's one thing that Google looks at is, is your site mobile? So they're not, so this is even aside from like keywords. It's like, does your site work? Yeah. Because we're not going to show a site on the first page that doesn't even work in mobile. Exactly smart. Like, yeah, it's, it's keywords. And does your site even work? So what else is Google looking for? And, and what, what is something somebody could like look at when it comes to their site?
1: They're also looking for broken links because the last thing they want to do is refer a website that has broken links. For example, you click on a link in search results and you get that dreaded 404 error page, you know, with the little monster or whatever you might see. So Google doesn't want to refer any broken links. So you could use a free tool. There's a, it's called deadlinkchecker.com and you can just put in your URL and it'll tell you all the broken links on your site. Oh, We'll so put those in the, in the show notes. Uh, because a lot of times we might even be linking to another website for, if you use, if you wrote a blog post and you're linking to another website and then they change their platform, they move from WordPress to Squarespace, it's all broken links. They don't realize it. You don't realize it, it's not like you have a little beeper going off, like you have a broken link. So you might have broken links. and You just don't even know about it. And that, that happens. So you just periodically want to check to see if you have any broken links, because that does affect what we call the domain authority, that Google's giving your website. So there's just a lot of different components it's looking at, and that happens to be one of them as well.
0: Okay, so mobile-friendly, broken links. Mm-hmm. What else do we need to know when it comes to SEO? Do-it-yourself do it SEO. I, I think
1: one of also, um, and this is, can be easy to do, but you have to train yourself, is especially if you're writing blog posts, you're uploading images into your website. No matter if you have Squarespace, WordPress, Shopify, naming the images with keywords, for example, if you're a life coach Minneapolis, life coach Los Angeles, life coach San Francisco.jpg, instead of using, if for example, if you're getting your photos from Unsplash and it's titled Unsplash 12345.jpg, you don't want to be known probably for that. And the problem is, especially if you're getting these images from these type of free stock images sites, so are other people. And they're uploading the same image name to their site. So Google sees that as duplicate content. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to make sure that you just train yourself when you're uploading any image to change the image
0: name before you upload it into your website. That's really helpful. And I believe that's one thing that you trained me on. And Mm -hmm. now I am, I'm reminding myself because I just uploaded a couple of images for my podcast and I had a new page for my podcast um, put up with some images and um, I've used stock photos. I'm part of this um, kind of service that provides stop, beautiful stock photos, but there's also thousands of people that subscribe to this service as well. And so if they're all posting the pictures too on their website, then it to your point, it sounds like duplicate content. Mm-hmm. But all I have to do is go into the back end of my site and update the file name, right? Yes, it depends on what
1: platform you have. Like for example, if you're using WordPress, there are plugins. So you don't have to re-upload every single image again. Um, it's called Media File Renamer is one of the ones that you can use in WordPress to change the name of your image. Um, In Squarespace, you can change the name of the image. In Shopify, you can change the image. Show it, you can change the image. Um, I believe in Wix, you can change it as well. So yeah, it's it's easier to do than before because that was an issue. So many people are just uploading .jpeg.
0: Interesting. That's very helpful. And and to your point, I remember you did uh, help me with this, um, but I want everyone to hear it from you. Um, so do I just name my file like holly.jpg or what type of naming conventions should I use when I name my images?
1: That's also an, another tip of really thinking about what you want to be known for. What would I need to type into Google to find your business, your website? And so many entrepreneurs can't answer this question because again, they were so heavily involved in the design of their site and didn't think about how people would search for them. So I'll use this as an example. One of my clients is a a grief counselor in New York City, but not everyone knows the correct terminology of a grief counselor. They didn't know that's what it's called. They might say it's, oh, it's a grief therapist, or they might search as, I just lost a loved one recently. I need some help. So you have to think of how people would search for your product or service and how you can help them. So it's all different variations of what we call these keywords or key phrases that you want to utilize in your website and images, the where you name your file images
0: is just one of them. Okay, that's helpful. And that that reminds me that it's that this is where it becomes it's always important to know this, but it comes, when it comes to SEO and thinking about what your ideal client is searching on, you can't actually figure out what your ideal client is searching on if you don't know who your ideal client is, or if you aren't completely in their heads and understand deeply who your ideal client is. So when people are first starting out, they may have a general idea of who they want to serve. And one of the things i work with my clients on is identifying who exactly is your person, what are their pain points. And so I can see how this can translate really well into SEO is just another reason to understand who you're trying to target and who you want to attract and then building that into your SEO strategy.
1: Absolutely. Because even I have some attorney clients, they'll write blog posts and I'll say, I have no idea what this says at all. As a layperson reading this, because you're so, especially if you're more in a technical field, like law, medical field, even SEO, not everyone's going to understand. You think everyone's going to understand what you're saying, but they really will not. So you have to, I hate to say this even, but just dumb it down a bit, um, kind of step back and away from it and, ha- and simplify it how would people be searching for what you're offering? So it's, it's all those different type of variations. Even with myself, SEO, it's a very broad topic with a lot of competition. Oh. So help me, how can I find my site online? How can clients find me online is more specific, maybe less search volume than SEO, but also very effective because people are being
0: very very specific when they're searching. And and they might not know that it's SEO they need, but they're like maybe they're typing in how does my site get onto page 1 of Google. Right. Well that is, you know, what you do is like a right. huge part of that is SEO, but they might not not know that's the solution to their problem. And mm-hmm. so how do you arrange your, you know, content and back end to to answer that question. And you really helped train my mind about that when I write write blog posts is, um, you know, what are people, what are the questions people are asking Google when it comes to starting a business? And actually one of the, I remember one of the questions that was super popular that we found was, um, and this relates to my ideal client and not necessarily starting a business, but what to do when you're bored at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, very popular. (laughs) You were able to produce some data on how many people are searching that question. You know, what are the different like subtopics around that question? Um, How popular? How many times is that being searched? Who's serving up good data around that question? And I wrote a blog post on things to do as a test. I'm not personally like super excited about this topic, but I know my ideal client is, is, and, and is interested in, in, knowing. And, um, I wrote a blog post about that and it continues to be one of my top per- performing posts to this date. And so I, I can vouch for like being data driven when it comes to, um, what your clients are searching for. And Melissa's got some really cool tool- tools that can help you understand what your ideal client is looking for and, and taking those topics and then serving them with that information because you want to give people what they want. Um, and then when they sign up to work with you, then you give them what they need. But um, <laughs> that I can, I have a testimony to like that topic, something I was like, oh, why would people want to know about that? Again, continues to be one of the top performing topic or blog posts on my site. So Melissa's data and approach works, you guys. Like, um, and I was, I was kind of blown away thinking like a whole home topic, like no one's going to care about this. And yet uh, they do. So it's very, very interesting. I could geek out, geek out on this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I find that if you're answering the question that people are asking, it's a win win because people are searching for it. They're trying to find answers to their questions. Yeah. So sometimes we're writing content, we're just thinking, we're just writing what we like and yeah. not thinking about what our potential customer or visitor to our website. Might
0: be looking for totally, and that is why we have a business. It's not for it's not to talk about us and to do what we want to talk about necessarily, but it's to serve others through our knowledge and help meet them where their pain point is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. speaking, so, last question um, for those maybe who have dabbled in SEO or have maybe haven't. What are you know maybe just a couple mistakes, top mistakes that you see people making when it comes to the type of work that you do and, and getting themselves found on Google? What are mistakes people make?
1: Well, I think the a, another misconception is that it's going to take too much time. And SEO is a work in progress. It takes a little bit longer than, for example, what we call SEM or pay-per-click. You see Google ads, that's faster traffic. Um, and you're paying for it. You're paying for a keyword. This is just organic. It's free. Yes, it takes some time, but it is really, really worth it. So some just they want that immediate fix, um, and they're like, "Well, I'm just not going to do SEO. It's just it, it's too hard. It's I don't have time to do it. I don't have time to think in the day, let alone about SEO. You just have to retrain your thinking because this is something that's going to help in the, in the long run. And Sustain your business. Yeah. That's that's one of the biggest misconceptions I, I hear all the time, or it's just too techie. It's just out of my realm. If you feel that it's just so techie and you, don't want to absorb the information I do have clients that tell me Melissa it makes me want to vomit I uh, just <laughs> just don't talk about it just you know let me know what happens basically
0: that's fine too that's kind of where I was I was like can you just please my <laughs> site and then give me some quick tips and tricks that I should do moving forward every time I post something
1: it just it depends where you're where you're comfortable of what you want to learn about it. Um, and what you want to do for it, whether someone's helping you do it, or you have someone like me, like a retainer doing it for you, whatever it is. So I think it's just really just coming down to, um, yeah, being comfortable with SEO and, and, but it
0: is very important no matter what stage you're in. So a little education goes a long way. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable with SEO. It doesn't you know for business owners, it doesn't have to become your number one level of expertise. That's what people like Melissa are out there for. There are experts out there, but at the same time, I always think it's not it doesn't serve us as business owners well to not understand anything about a particular area of our business and completely outsource it it I think it's always great to understand a little bit to be able to ask questions to be able to know if something's working, to know if your investment is working so then you're, you're informed. Um, I think I've been burned in the past, like with my, an accountant, I hired a long time ago, just blindly passing everything off and assuming everything was taken care of. So even if people are not passionate about SEO, cool, but just maybe take a little bit of time and invest and understand it a little bit so that you know what's going on with your site and with your business. And when you hire an expert, you, you can like help understand what it is that they're delivering. I, I think that's always so important. Um, Yeah.
1: I do too, because then you know why you're doing your business. You yeah, know, reason what what people are searching for, where they're coming from, even from geographically. You're looking at your data. Uh, are you not focusing on an area that you need to? Are people constantly trying to search for something on their webs on your website and? And it's not nowhere to be found, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's just, I find it's just, it's opportunities.
0: Yes, yes. This I think if if people aren't optimizing for SEO in some way, you are leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. And if you're putting your exit in the social media basket, I mean, good luck then. <laughs> I just think like that is one basket, but I think there's just a lot of opportunity being left on the table if you aren't at least doing something to optimize for SEO.
1: I I agree. You're, you're giving valuable sales, leads, clients, customers to your competition. Somebody
0: else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So who wants to do that? Not me. All right. With a final question. And then let's talk about how people can find you online. (laughs) Um, I would love to know um, what keeps you going as a business owner and, you know, many days, you know, ups and downs as a business owner. Sometimes you just want to throw in the towel and call it quits. But what keeps you going, and what keeps you kind of continuing to do what you do?
1: Well, I've always considered myself an entrepreneur. Even I was one at eight years old, and you know, sold barrettes, and you know. <laughs> and, and so, I've always been an entrepreneur. I'm um, and even what's going on in the world right now with COVID and just affecting the whole entire world. And it affected a lot of my clients' business and some are no longer in business. And it kind of, it, it, uh, it didn't, it made me like, Oh, is this all worth it? Do I need to go forward with this? It's the right time. SEO is not one of those life-saving emergency, um, businesses right now, um, though very important, but how's it going to be seen in the future? Um, because people are struggling and, but it isn't until I get an email from a client or just even a message, uh, Slack or whatever it may be saying, you know, Melissa, I thought my business was done until someone said they found me on Google. And I know that your, your work was just meant to be. So that makes me feel like it was meant to be for me and to continue on what I'm doing, even though it might not feel, it can feel a little icky talking about it because it's not, again, people are struggling through this time and where their businesses are going to wind up. No one really knows at this point. So it's but it, it encourages me to keep going and it's that my efforts were not wasted at all.
0: Oh, if that's not a quote to end on, I don't know what it is. I thought my business was done until I was found on Google. Hmm. I mean, that right there says everything about why people should care about SEO. And Melissa, I thank you so much for being here today. This is so informative. And going back to your three points on things that people can do today. So Make sure your, your site is mobilely, is that even a word? Is it mobile optimized? time. say it all the time. Mobilely <laughs> <all the> optimized. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, that, that, I don't know. Um, fix broken links. So use the deadlinkchecker.com. We'll include that in the show notes. Make sure you name your images in your blogs or any Im- images on your sites mm-hmm. in a way that answer or speak to what your ideal client is looking for. Did I capture all those right? Would you add anything else? Yeah, um,
1: those are really the most important things. And also just taking, writing down 10, 20 keywords or key phrases of what you want to be known for and then take a look at your site. Does it even say that anywhere. And I have some clients that say, I want to rank for my name, but their name is nowhere on their website.
0: (laughs) So so, yeah, the work is cut out for them then (laughs) (laughs) as it is for all of us. Well, thank you for being here today. And where can people find you online? Well, they can find me
1: right now in the midst of of changing my website. You can find me right now at the creativepotential.com and probably in about a month or two or maybe three at melissamcgraw.com. You can find me at my Facebook group. It's SEO, your site now, and then launching a podcast in two weeks. It's also SEO, your site now podcast. So you can find me there Woo! on iTunes should be launched in about
0: two weeks. Awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast community. Um, as a newcomer myself, I am so excited to listen to your podcast. And I also will join your Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group, right? Yes, it's a, it's a free Facebook program. group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, I learn a lot in Facebook groups. It's amazing. So thank you, Melissa, for being here. You guys go find her online, implement her tips today if you have a website. And um, reach out to Melissa. If you have questions, want to work with her, she's here. She's ready to like serve and um, help you out with your SEO needs. So thank you for being here, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Melissa, for being here on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Friend, I hope that you feel empowered now to pop open your website and make a couple of those simple tweaks and changes to help you get found easier on Google. And with that, we want to stay in touch. Melissa and I would love to hear from you what you thought of this episode and how we can help you. You can find Melissa on Instagram at The Creative Potential and you can find me on Instagram at Holly Knoll or shoot me an email, holly at hollyknoll.com. I would love to continue the conversation and to hear how things are going for you when it comes to SEO, starting a business or scaling a business. So. I hope you take action today. I hope you learned a lot and I will see you here next time, if not before, on the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Everyday Entrepreneur. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I'm truly grateful to you. Make sure to stop on my website and you can subscribe there to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. Finally, check out my free guides to starting a business at hollyknoll.com free, and be sure to tune in two weeks from today for my next episode. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.